Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, Christmas is coming up, so I'm going to be doing some Christmas episodes over the next few weeks, maybe a Hanukkah episode too. So today I'm going to be doing Nanny Piggins and the Santa photo. It's actually a replay. I I first did this story, I think it was last year, maybe it was the year before, Um, but it's a really good one. So I thought I would put it on the podcast again because I know my kids like to rewatch the same Christmas television specials year after year. So I thought you might like to hear this story again. There will be um, a couple of original holiday stories coming up. So keep keep um, downloading every week because I'm going to do a few replays so I can have some time off um, and spend more time with my family. It's a very busy time of year, as you know, for families. But also I'll be doing a couple of fresh episodes over the holidays. So um make sure you download them all. All right, before we get into it, I did just want to say if you were planning to do some Christmas shopping and you wanted to get a book signed by me, you can do that. And there's probably still time for you to get it shipped to you if you're in Australia. Um, if you're overseas, it might be a bit dicier. It might end up being an Easter present. But um, anyway, so if you wanted to get a book signed by me, what you've got to do is contact the my local bookshop, which is the Bookshop Bowerl. And their phone number is 024862 one six three four. That's O two four eight six two one six three four. And if you're overseas, the uh, country code for Australia is sixty one. Now, if you contact them, if you can look them up and email them as well, because you know with the time difference that might be more convenient for you. But uh, if you contact them, what they do is they've got all my books in stock, and then they just message me and get me to come down and I'll sign it, and uh, they'll process the sale and they'll post it to you. So they handle all that stuff. So all I have to do is go in and sign it. All right. We got through all that. Let's get on to this awesome story. Um, here comes the music, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, it's December, so I'm starting in on the festive stories. Today, I'm going to do Chapter 1 from Nanny Piggins' Guide to Conquering Christmas, which is the ninth book in the series. And Chapter 1, the story is called... Nanny Piggins and the Santa Photo. Here we go. Piggins, I need you to take the children down to the shopping centre to have their photo taken with Santa, said Mr Green. It was such an unexpected thing for him to say, Nanny Piggins almost choked on her chocolate bar. She often served chocolate bars for breakfast on Friday mornings because she was exhausted from cooking chocolate-flavoured baked goods all the rest of the week. The children just groaned. Did I have an out-of-body experience, asked Nanny Piggins, or did your father really just ask me to take you to have your photo taken with Santa Claus? No, you didn't have an out-of-body experience, said Derek. Well, you may have, said Michael, but it wasn't anything to do with what father said. Father sends us to have our photo taken with Santa every year, explained Samantha. Really, said Nanny Piggins, how unexpectedly festive of him. It isn't, said Derek. 
He only does it for the money, explained Michael. Great Aunt Hilda sends us $10 each if Father posts her a photograph of us with Santa, continued Samantha. What does she send you if you don't send her a picture of you with Santa, asked Nanny Piggins. She sends us nothing, said Samantha. Oh, said Nanny Piggins. I thought you were going to say she sent you $20 instead. But if she sends $10 to each of you, how does that benefit your father? Oh, he waits by the letterbox until it arrives, tears open our envelopes, and keeps the money for himself, explained Derek. Good gracious, no, exclaimed Nanny Piggins. Are there no depths to which that dreadful man will sink? I'm sitting right here, protested Mr Green. I can hear every word you're saying. I think it's best for you if I pretend that's not true, said Nanny Piggins. Given the wickedness of your postal theft, you deserve a short, sharp bite on the shins. In fact, you deserve 27 short, sharp bites on the shins, one for every year you've stolen the Christmas cash from your own children. Where do you get the number 27 from, spluttered Mr Green. He did not want to get bitten at all, but certainly not that many times. Nanny Piggins sighed. The ages of your children, she explained. Michael is seven, Samantha is nine, and Derek is eleven. Add that up and it makes twenty-seven ten-dollar notes you've stolen since they were born. It's only right that they should chip in for their room and board, said Mr Green. They've been hiding behind those pesky child labour laws for years now. Is that what you spend the money on, asked Nanny Piggins? On room and board? Or do you spend it on yourself? I do no such thing, protested Mr Green. Oh, then I know what you do with it, said Nanny Piggins. You take their $10 notes down to the bank and put it in your high-interest savings account, don't you? Because the only thing you love more than money is locking away money to earn even more money. Isn't that right? You know, some people would call that fiscal responsibility, argued Mr Green. People who steal Christmas presents from children should not look to fiscal responsibility to explain away their depraved behaviour, denounced Nanny Piggins. Are you going to take them to get their Santa photo taken or not? asked Mr Green. Of course I'll do it, said Nanny Piggins. The bakery at the shopping centre is far inferior to Han's fine establishment, but they do give away free samples on their countertop, and if I take along my extensive collection of fake moustaches, I should be able to walk past helping myself at least two dozen times before they figure out what I'm up to and chase me off. And so Nanny Piggins and the children caught the bus down to the shopping centre, and they took Boris with them. He was very keen to come because he had never had his photo taken with Santa. He had tried one year, but as soon as he hopped up on Santa's lap, Santa had been rushed away to hospital with a suspected broken knee. "'Which do you think is my best side today?' Boris asked the children, showing them first his left, then his right profile. "'Um,' said Derek, not knowing what to say. Boris was a bear covered in brown fur, so to Derek's weak human eyes, Boris looked exactly the same on both sides.' But Derek had known Boris long enough to know that such an answer was sure to end in tears. In fact, almost any answer was sure to end in tears. Oh, Boris, we hoped you wouldn't ask us that, said Samantha. You did, asked Boris, bracing himself ready to weep. You are so handsome on both sides, it's almost impossible to tell the difference. We have been arguing about that very issue all week. Derek and Michael actually came to blows about it. Then they looked at you again and both changed their minds and almost came to blows arguing the exact opposite thing, said Samantha. Derek and Michael stared at their sister in astonishment. 
she was normally such a good girl, to see her fabricate the most spectacular and outrageous lie right before their eyes was a sight to behold. They turned to Boris to see how he would react. Boris thought about it for a moment, then burst into tears. But it was all right because they were tears of joy, a much quieter kind of tears, because he was grateful for such an extravagant compliment. So Boris was only sobbing softly as they got off the bus and entered the shopping centre. Right, let's go to the bakery, said Nanny Piggins. Shouldn't we get our Santa photo taken first, asked Derek. Why, asked Nanny Piggins. As a general rule, she did not believe in delaying eating. Well, if the bakery has you thrown out by security, we won't be able to get the picture taken, said Derek. Hmm, grumbled Nanny Piggins. I suppose that is the type of petty thing a substandard baker would do. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. So they made their way to the central atrium on the ground floor, where Santa's grotto was located. Ugh, complained Nanny Piggins. Look, there's a huge queue. It's ridiculous. It's Christmas. A lot of people want to have photos taken with Santa, argued Boris. Yes, but if a speed camera on a highway can snap a picture of each passing motorist in less than a second, argued Nanny Piggins, why can't they use the same technology here? It would speed up the process and give people more time to go and get free samples from the bakery. Fortunately, Nanny Piggins was very good at whiling away time. She took out a jar of cockroaches, which she just happened to have in her handbag, and emptied them onto the floor, then took bets on which one would run up Santa's leg and into his gumboot first. A mere half an hour later, after many of the more hygiene-minded mothers had whisked their children as far away from Nanny Piggins as possible, Derek, Samantha and Michael arrived at the front of the queue. They were just about to head for Santa's lap, when a young woman, dressed as an elf, stood in their way. "'And which package will you be buying today?' asked the elf. "'I was thinking of buying a package of fudge from the department store,' said Nanny Piggins. "'Why do you ask? I don't see that it's any of your business.' "'No, I mean which package of photographs?' continued the elf, as she held up a board displaying a variety of photography packages. "'You can get the Rudolph package with one 8x10, six 2x3s, a keyring and a snow dome.' The Dasher package with two 8x10s, four fridge magnets and a light-up picture frame. Or the Blitzen package with five 8x10s, seven key rings, three fridge magnets and a bag of reindeer feed. I just want one photograph, said Nanny Piggins. Oh, you can only buy individual photographs with a package, said the elf. Nanny Piggins' eyebrows began to lower in suspicion. How much are these packages of which you speak? The Rudolph is $39, the Dasher is $49, and the Blitzen is $69. For an additional $5, you can have 10 calendar bookmarks thrown in with any package, said the elf happily. $39 for one photograph? That's outrageous, declared Nanny Piggins. I knew this was going to be good, said Michael happily. But you don't get just one photograph, protested the elf. 
But I don't want the other rubbish, declared Nanny Piggins. I only want one photograph. You can only buy an individual photograph in combination with a package, said the elf once more. I heard you say that the first time, said Nanny Piggins. You have not seen me get hit in the head in the interim, have you? So I don't see why you would think I had come down with amnesia. These are our prices, said the elf. Her fixed smile started to sag at the edges. Never mind, said Nanny Piggins. Luckily, I have a camera in my handbag. I was planning to take a photograph of the baker's chocolate eclairs so I could show it to Hans and we could have a good laugh about it later. But I suppose I shall have to take the photograph myself. You can't do that, said the elf. That's not the way it works. You have to buy a package. I have to, do I, said Nanny Piggins, starting to sound menacing. Oh, you're going to wish you hadn't said that, warned Derek. Nanny Piggins doesn't like being told she has to do something, explained Samantha. If you aren't going to buy a package, I'm going to have to ask you to step out of the line. You're holding everybody up, said the elf, starting to sound less festive and more like a school prefect. Are you going to make me? asked Nanny Piggins, starting to glower. I bet Nanny Piggins is wearing her hot pink wrestling leotard under her dress, said Michael happily. Of course, said Boris. She always does when she goes anywhere with security guards. Those are the rules, said the elf sternly. I can understand that prisons and places even worse than prisons, such as schools, have rules, said Nanny Piggins. But are you telling me there are rules in Santa's grotto? There certainly are, said the impertinent elf, before turning to the other elf operating the camera. Lisa, could you please call security? It must be a very proud day for you as a representative of the elfin people when you have three innocent children thrown out of Santa's grotto and onto the street, accused Nanny Piggins. I think she's only going to throw us back onto the shopping centre forecourt, said Derek reasonably. But Nanny Piggins was not in the mood to be reasonable. I can see security approaching, said the elf. Please don't make a scene. You will scare the other children. Children, said Nanny Piggins, turning to the other children in the line. You aren't so weak-willed that you'll be alarmed by the sight of an exquisitely dressed pig wrestling with a burly security guard, are you? No, chorused the children in the queue. They had all fallen in love with Nanny Piggins during the long wait because, apart from the cockroach races, she had also handed out chocolates and told long and outrageous stories about her days in the circus. I thought so, said Nanny Piggins, turning back to the elf. You can't make children stand in a queue for half an hour and expect them to be on your side of the argument. And you, Santa, Nanny Piggins called over the elf's shoulder, which was not easy because Nanny Piggins was only four foot tall, whereas the elf was five foot ten. You should be ashamed of yourself for gouging children with your excessive photography prices. There was another loud cheer from behind Nanny Piggins, but this time from the mothers, who were fed up having to spend such a large portion of their Christmas budget on stilted photographs of their children struggling to hold back tears as they endured being in close proximity to a holiday icon. How dare you overcharge for your shoddy photography, continued Nanny Piggins. We all know children don't even like having their photo taken with you because half of them spend the whole time screaming. It's true, said Lisa, the elf who took the photographs. She'd only been in the job for four days, but through the lens she had watched many terrified children begging to be taken away from the terrifying red-suited stranger. She was seriously considering whether $15 an hour was worth witnessing such inhumanity all day long.
You sit there in judgment, deciding whether children are naughty or nice, accused Nanny Piggins. Well, I say that you, sir, are the not nice one to behave in such an outrageously capitalist fashion. There was now an even louder cheer and some applause behind Nanny Piggins as more shoppers had stopped to watch the spectacle. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, said Santa, misunderstanding why everyone was cheering. Plus, Christmas is only seven days away. Don't you have work you should be doing, demanded Nanny Piggins. How can you justify gadding about here, overcharging children for snapshots, while your poor elves back at the North Pole slave away making toys for the 1.7 billion children who live on the planet? What did she say, asked Santa. He was a little hard of hearing, probably because of all the beard hair blocking his ears. Now, what's going on here, then? asked the senior security guard as he arrived at the entrance to the grotto. It's her, declared the elf, pointing accusingly at Nanny Piggins. This pig is creating a disturbance. Pig? asked the security guard, as he made his way through the tightly packed crowd of disaffected photography clients. When he got to the front, he saw Nanny Piggins for the first time. Oh, Nanny Piggins, you're back. How are you? Stephen, my dear, how lovely to see you, darling, said Nanny Piggins as she held out her trotter and allowed him to kiss it. You stayed away too long, said the security guard, waggling his finger at Nanny Piggins. It's months since I've had to throw you out. I know, agreed Nanny Piggins. I would come more often if your baker would sharpen up his ideas about how to make shoe pastry. So how are we going to handle this, asked Stephen, the security guard. May I escort you to the bus stop, or do you want to wrestle a bit first? I have to say, I'd prefer not to do any wrestling today. I strained my back yesterday, dragging a bear out of the honey aisle of the supermarket. Nanny Piggins turned on her brother. Boris, you didn't tell me you'd come to the shopping centre yesterday. (gasps) I was ashamed, said Boris. About being dragged out of the honey aisle for creating a disturbance, guessed Derek. No, I forgot to pick up some free samples from the bakery for Nanny Piggins, confessed Boris. I forgive you, said Nanny Piggins, kindly, as she gave her brother an affectionate hug. I know honey makes you brain-addled. It's the bees' fault for making their regurgitation so delicious. All right, Stephen, said Nanny Piggins. Today I shall agree to be escorted, provided that means I get to ride on your electric golf cart. Of course, said Stephen, the security guard, offering Nanny Piggins his arm. I may only be security guard at a mall, but I know how to treat a lady. The crowd parted as Nanny Piggins was led away, but before she stepped out of the grotto, Nanny Piggins turned back to address the elf. And don't think you have evaded my wrath. I may be making a strategic retreat now for the sake of Stephen's bad back, but I fully intend to return and crush your seasonal money-gouging operation. Are you threatening me, accused the elf? Yes, I am. I'm glad you caught on so quickly, said Nanny Piggins, before leaning around the elf to address Santa as well. And don't think I'm letting you off just because you're old and you give out toys. I'm busting up this racket of yours and sending you back to the North Pole where you can concentrate on making toys and spending the holiday season with your wife like you should. The crowd cheered. Anyone who wants to have a good Santa photo taken, announced Nanny Piggins, can meet me in the car park at 10am tomorrow morning. And unlike a certain weak-bladdered old man, when I say I will be there at 10 o'clock, I will be there at 10 o'clock. And there will be no excuses about feeding the reindeer. And so the following morning, Nanny Piggins set up a photography studio in the car park of the shopping centre. 
Then she had to move it across the street to the vacant lot when Stephen, the security guard, was sent out to throw her off the property. Regardless of the weeds, empty tin cans and general waste strewn about, Nanny Piggins' Santa photography business was soon a roaring success. For a start, she was much more photogenic than an elderly overweight man in a Santa suit. She had her suit fitted and tailored by one of the finest fashion designers in Milan. He owed Nanny Piggins a favour after she bit his mother-in-law on the leg for him once. And Nanny Piggins had a much more creative flair for photography than the 23-year-old university students the shopping centre had hired cheaply. There's a lot more to photography than knowing how to point and focus a camera. First of all, never underestimate the importance of good lighting. The brighter the light, the less blotchy or wrinkly people appear. As Nanny Piggins said, if the Queen of England were to have her photo taken standing five metres away from the glare of a supernova, even she would look like the beautiful young woman who first appeared on the back of a coin in 1956. The next most important thing is choosing the right pose. When it comes down to it, sitting on someone's lap is a very odd decision indeed. Encouraging children to sit on a strange man's lap just because he breaks into their house once a year and gives them presents is a very inappropriate message to send to children, said Nanny Piggins. Nanny Piggins' Santa photos were much more dramatic. Children could choose between wrestling with Santa, her personal favourite. She'd had a bright red fur-trimmed wrestling leotard made up specially. Being attacked by ninjas while reading your present list to Santa helping Santa deactivate a nuclear bomb, or trying to outrun Santa as you're attacked by a bear. Boris. All the alternatives were very popular with children. Indeed, several came back to pose for one of each. One three-year-old girl enjoyed being attacked by Boris so much, she kept giggling and trying to hug him, which, of course, he enjoyed tremendously as well. Nanny Piggins soon had a huge line of customers all around the block. And not just because they wanted to have their photograph taken. The customers actually enjoyed waiting in line because Nanny Piggins provided unlimited cake supplies and hot chocolate. And every 15 minutes, she and Boris would stop taking photos to perform a two-minute version of the Nutcracker Ballet, with added violence so boys could enjoy it too. By two o'clock in the afternoon, the general manager of the shopping centre had come across the road with the impertinent elf and Stephen, the security guard, to talk to Nanny Piggins. Naturally, Nanny Piggins made them join the end of the line and pay for a photograph. She only charged one dollar per photo. She made no profit, but only needed to cover the price of the cake ingredients. Please, you have to put a stop to this, pleaded the manager, as the camera flash went off and he wrestled with Nanny Piggins. Normally, she just pretended to wrestle with the children, but she was really twisting the manager into a cobra lock. Why should I, asked Nanny Piggins, yanking his arm around behind his ear and jabbing her trotter into a painful pressure point. It's not my fault I'm brilliant at photography and much better at being Santa than Santa himself. But there's nobody in the shopping centre, said the manager. Think of all the shopkeepers who aren't making any money. Pish, scoffed Nanny Piggins. Christmas shouldn't be about making money. It should be about overeating and judging people when they give you unpleasant presents such as underwear or books. But if the shopkeepers don't make any money, they won't be able to support their families, argued the manager. Piffle, countered Nanny Piggins. Marjorie from the sock shop just came over to have her photo taken three times already. Although I think that's mainly because she likes my lemon tarts. And everyone from the sports shoe shop came over and had a group photo of me rescuing them from Boris. Please, begged the manager, what can I do to persuade you to stop luring all our customers away from the shopping centre? If I may, sir, interrupted Stephen the security guard, can I negotiate on your behalf? Oh, please do, sobbed the manager. Nanny Piggins, you look fabulous today, said Stephen. He knew how to begin a negotiation. 
Thank you, said Nanny Piggins. She could not fault him. He was entirely right. Would you please be so kind as to shut down your photography studio, come back to the shopping centre and train our elves how to take spectacular action photos at reasonable prices that everyone can enjoy, asked Stephen. Why on earth would I do that, asked Nanny Piggins. Stephen turned to his manager. Do I have your permission to offer her anything, he asked. Yes, yes, of course, said the manager, dabbing his brow. Anything to make this end. Stephen turned back to Nanny Piggins. You can have as many free samples from the free sample box on the bakery counter as you like. There was silence from the crowd as everyone simultaneously gasped, (gasps) then waited to see what Nanny Piggins would say. Will I get a little laminated card to carry in my handbag certifying this? Nanny Piggins asked. Your photograph will be in the corner and the card will be signed by the centre manager himself, said Stephen. It will? asked the centre manager. I mean, it will, it will. Can I take my own photograph? asked Nanny Piggins. Yes, said Stephen. Then you've got a deal, exclaimed Nanny Piggins. Hooray, cried the crowd, who knew they really should be getting back to their Christmas shopping. Oh, thank goodness, said the manager, as he shook Nanny Piggins' hand. I was worried we'd have to pay you thousands of dollars to make this stop. My dear man, said Nanny Piggins ruthlessly, if you think thousands of dollars is more than it would cost to buy me an unlimited amount of cake samples, you are about to discover that you are sadly mistaken. And so, after consuming an alarming amount of substandard cake, Nanny Piggins set to work teaching the elves how to take real photos. She also gave Santa a short, sharp bite on the shin to punish him for his price gouging. Then, to teach him a lesson, made him pay $39 for the honour of having his picture taken with her. "'I want you to put that on your mantelpiece when you get home, Santa,' said Nanny Piggins sternly, "'to remind you that it is all very well to sit in judgment over the children of the world, deciding whether they are naughty or nice, but it is important that you should be a good boy too.' "'Yes, Nanny Piggins,' said Santa humbly." He did not really understand what had taken place in the previous 24 hours, but just as he knew when he met Mrs. Claus for the first time, Santa realised he had met his match. The end. That's it for now. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.